Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. Position previews begin, and we're going to start, of course, with the quarterbacks. Maybe a different landscape than what we're used to as we do the position previews and the quarterback previews, and every year it's a wait on quarterback, right? Well, we'll see about that. ADP suggests something different right now. Uh, How about this, guys? In six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues last season, only four quarterbacks averaged 23 fantasy points per game. The previous two seasons, 11 and 9. How about 21 points per game? Last year, there were eight quarterbacks who averaged that. The previous two seasons, 15 and 12. So... I am curious, is this going to be the first year in a long time where we say, don't wait on quarterback, go get your guy early? And good morning to you, everybody. FFT open spots will be available tonight. I'll give you more details on that. It's an exciting time of year, and I love the position previews. Arguably our most important episodes, but it is August 3rd right now. So make sure you keep listening, and we'll update these as the preseason and training camp progresses. Jamie, I'm going to start with you. All three guys are here today, Jamie, Dave, and Heath. Uh, Jamie, is this a different year at quarterback, are you more likely to be aggressive at the position than you were in years past? I will be more aggressive, but I will still not be as aggressive as most. I will probably miss out on the first tier of quarterbacks of Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Jalen Hurts just because I prefer to live in the next tier. I like the guys' uh, value a little bit more of Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and even Trevor Lawrence if you want to put him in that category. I think Lawrence is probably the tier below those guys with the – potential breakouts of, of Lawrence, Tua, and Richardson. Um, but again, you know, we're splitting hairs. But that's the the, the tiers where I like to uh, draft my quarterback most of the time based on where they're going. So I won't wait as long as I typically do, most likely. Uh, but I probably will not be one of the early drafting, uh, early managers who draft a quarterback with the first three guys. Haircut Heath is here. Haircut Heath, looking good. Uh, you Same question to you. Are you going to be more aggressive? And, and as I teased... Just kind of comparing ADP this year to last year, it definitely seems like for the top six to eight quarterbacks, they are going earlier. You know, five quarterbacks in the top 50, uh, three quarterbacks in the top 24 or so. Obviously, 21, depending on where you look. Are you going to be more aggressive this year drafting quarterbacks? Haircut Heath. Yes, I, I do think I appreciate love the new nickname. It's going to be really <laughs> terrible when I don't get another haircut for two months and you're still calling me that, but that's okay. Needs a haircut, Heath, is what it can right. be in it's two months. Um, I do think like what we've seen so far this year is that the industry analysts and or experts have been a lot more aggressive with quarterbacks. One of my big problems the last couple of years is we'd do a mock draft and nobody would take a quarterback until round four. We'd look at ADP and home leagues, and there were three quarterbacks going in the first two rounds. And I'm like, well, what is the point of this? I do think those numbers you cited last year 
I expect it to bounce back a little bit. I think I have 16 quarterbacks project, projected for 21 fantasy points per game. A couple of those guys will have partial games and won't hit the mark. But the difference is how many guys are there do you think that could score 28, 29, 30 fantasy points per game? We've seen Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen do that repeatedly. We've seen Lamar Jackson do it once. We saw Justin Fields show us a stretch of a month and a half that looked like he could do that. So I'm going to be aggressive with targeting Mahomes, Allen, and Hurts at that 2-3 turn. The Burrow injury might be the thing that that kind of changes that second tier and makes them more appealing to me because what we saw in the week or two before that was that Burrow had snuck up into round three. And I didn't like that very much, but we did our pick-by-pick series. I think those are coming out today and tomorrow. And I thought it was interesting because we were – I don't think Burrow went until maybe round five, and that also caused Lamar and Fields to fall a little bit as well. If those guys are available at the four or five turn, then I agree with Jamie. I'm going to target Fields, Lamar, and Burrow instead of that first tier of quarterbacks. But if it's the two, three turn for Burrow, Fields, and Jackson, then I'd rather just go, or the three, four, I mean, that I'd rather just go around earlier for Mahomes, Allen, or Hurts. Okay, that would mean... But that would mean taking them in early round two. You're saying, right? Because no, I said two three versus three four. Right, but if you're if you're talking about these guys are going in round three four, then are you saying that from the perspective of having a late pick in the first round? I'm saying if I have a pick, a late, an early pick in the first round, yeah. so I'm at that two three turn. Uh-huh, uh-huh. If I think that I can get Jackson Fields or Burrow at the f- next turn when right. I'm picking at the four or five turn, then I'm not going to take Mahomes, Allen, and Hurts. I understand. But if they're all going to go before then, then I would just take one of those early quarterbacks. Okay, great, great uh, strategy. Heath definitely has. I think though, a just strategy. based on average draft <laughs> position, though, we're not we're not seeing that, right, Adam? Because that's what you. We are not seeing. We never do. We are not seeing those guys make it to the end of of round the four or five turn. So no, 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 no. The two, three turn even hurts and Allen. Uh, no, Allen twenty hurts twenty one in NFC ADP. So well, they're not getting there. They're not quite getting there. That doesn't mean right. they're not. Oh, that doesn't mean they're not ever getting there. Correct. Right. But, but well, I mean, but Mahomes but in every draft I do, 12. they're probably one of them's going to be there probably. Um, yeah, I'm looking at uh, in drafts with us. Yeah. I'll look at, right. at draft sharks and their ADP. <clears throat> Allen is two eleven and her Hertz is three point four. So yeah. I think it, it's reasonable to there's a reasonable chance that at the two three turn or around the two three turn, one or two or maybe three, probably not, of those quarterbacks will be there. Um talking more six per, six point per passing touchdown. I don't know if it really matters in that respect. Dave, your thoughts. Are you gonna be more aggressive this year drafting quarterbacks? I'll be more aggressive. Um you know, I used to always say wait on quarterback. That changed last year. This year, uh, the motto, you've heard it before, don't reach. Don't reach on purpose. Don't wait on purpose. Go for fair value. Um, and definitely take a quarterback when you don't like anybody that's left at any other position. That might also be your guide where you look at the running backs and you want to puke. You look at the wide receivers. You think you can wait another round. Uh, there's no great tight end that you like. Pivot to quarterback. That's when you might want to go and take a QB. We know how home leagues are. We see Mahomes go in round one. You'll see Allen go late round one, early round two. Hertz is going to get pushed up there too. Follow the same philosophy. Uh, don't reach for those guys. I think you're giving up good value at other positions if you're taking a quarterback in a one-quarterback league, and I think everybody's strategy is for a one-quarterback league here, uh, to, to take one of them with a top 15 pick. Don't do that. 
take another position because that group of Burrow Fields, Jackson, I'd throw Herbert in there. Uh, Lawrence probably belongs in there. That's a real good group to pick from. But you might want to look at the quarterback rankings before you draft because you might be good with Herbert and you might be good with Lawrence. Are you good with Tua? Are you good with Dak or Deshaun, Anthony Richardson? You know, the list goes on and on. Figure out where your line in the sand is with quarterbacks. The fewer names that you've got on your line in the sand, the sooner you should prioritize taking a quarterback in your draft. Well, isn't it also like are we just basing it on what happened last year? Because last year feels like more of an exception than the rule. You know what? You could actually almost argue that 2020 and 2021 were more of the exceptions than the rule. Because last year was a bad year for passing. But... Compared to 2020 and 2021, I, there you really can't find a lot of seasons like that. I mean, those seasons maybe are more of the outliers than last year. So last year, I feel like last year was kind of in between, let's say, like 2018 and 2019, and then 2020 and 2021, if that makes sense. I threw a lot of numbers out there. But um, I don't necessarily want to just compare every year to 2020 and 2021. Those were ridiculously good years for quarterbacks. So keep that in mind. Maybe it I mean, wasn't quite as bad. But I guess I would say last year was bad in terms of there just were a lot of busts, reliable quarterbacks that we thought would be really good. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, for example, they were bad. Herbert. Justin Herbert was bad. Whereas we had seen ADP be pretty good and pretty predictable the pre- previous two seasons, at least, where like the guys who were drafted top 12, most of them finished top 12. Last year, it was different. It was a little bit more random. It's also changing of the guard, too, right? Yeah, maybe. A little bit of that, right. Brady on the way out, Roethlisberger on the way out, uh, Rodgers on the way out. Right. Yeah. And if you think back to last year, Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, I don't even think they were top 15 picks in ADP. And, you know, they obviously, they they emerged. Uh, Geno Smith. Geno. Yeah. Goff. Geno came out of nowhere. Goff. Daniel Jones had some good weeks. The other thing, too, is that you're not about to see the NFL turn into a running league. This is still a league where people want to throw. There are so many great quarterbacks. The teams are going to use them. I, I, I would imagine the numbers will be better for the majority of quarterbacks this year. I also think last year that we saw the value of the uh, – obviously, we know it. We're not idiots. People call it the cheat code, economic code, whatever. The rushing quarterbacks, we know that. But last year was a terrible year for the for the pass-only guys, Heath. It was, it was almost exaggerated. Um but well, and and this is partially like a response to what NFL defenses have done. This this whole too high shell coverage to beat Mahomes, to beat Josh Allen, to beat Joe Burrow, like they are trying to take away. And and Dave said it's not going to turn into a running league. It's not. But we saw four or five teams just go, okay, we'll play two or three tight ends all the time and we'll run it down your throat. It didn't work out particularly well for them, but we might see if if the defenses don't adjust to that, we might see two or more, two or three more teams do that this year and just go more run heavy because defenses are just begging you, please run against us. And if you don't have a great quarterback, that's what you should do probably right now. Well, it's also, you know, the the slot receiver becoming much more prominent. The Bills move, I think, to draft Kincaid speaks to that, you know, of, I don't know, like, again, how much you want to, you know, buy into a small snippet. But, like, you know, Mahomes talked about this in, in the quarterback um, documentary, whatever, uh, the quarterback series, you know, about um, there was one game where he said, oh, they're, 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 
it's the first time he saw a team in however many games he said, you know, playing up on him, you know, and, and daring him to throw deep. I think it was when he hurt his ankle. So probably mm-hmm. at the end of the season. And he's like, you know, call the deep shot, call the deep shot. He kept saying to, you know, um, to Nagy and Bien-Ami, call it, call it, call it. You know, he just, he was like, they're, they're giving it to us. You know, you know, I, I can make the throw. So, you know, I, I think when, when they, when they're seeing that they're going to take advantage of it. But I think to your point, Heath, it's not necessarily that we're going to see teams run the ball more. I think we're just going to see a lot more personnel groups be a little different and they'll, employ different strategies and, and that's what we're seeing you know which is why you know you're, you're probably seeing some spikes in certain quarterbacks completion percentage because they're not throwing down the field as much nope okay. they're keeping it short and they're spreading it around and it's hard to find a lot of receivers that are going to have just huge target volume you know the studs are going to have it of course they are but when a team doesn't have that stud they're they're going to spread it around it's almost like they're taking what they did at running back and applying it to all their pass catchers all it right. makes it harder for defenses to deal with, and it makes it harder for fantasy managers to deal with too. Let's let's get back into quarterback a little bit. Um, uh, just drafting strategy. First of all, when should that first tier go? Heath is basically saying at the two three turn. Dave, how about you? When do you start taking the first tier of Mahomes, Allen, Hurts? I don't mind taking Mahomes mid to late round two in a one QB league. And then the other two shortly thereafter. Shortly thereafter. Jamie, how about you? Uh, I, I mean, again, I'm probably not going to draft those guys there, but that's where they should go at the two-three turn. Yeah, should you take Ramondre Stevenson ahead of any of those three quarterbacks? I, I, I did that, and I will probably continue to do that. And the, the pick by pick series, as Heath referenced, that's exactly what happened. I took. Ramondre Stevenson and Devontae Smith, when both Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts were available. I think they were both available. I can check right now. Um, yes, they were both available. Um, I guess I'm just going to – No, just, I'm sorry. They were not available. Hurts was the only one available. Okay. So just just re- real-life scenario here. And then I ended up with Lamar Jackson at the 4-5 turn. So okay. I was much, much happier with that. Okay. Well, that's interesting, that the fact that you did get Lamar Jackson at the 4-5 turn. If you couldn't, I wonder if you would still felt great about it. But I, I just feel like in general – Taking Ramondre Stevenson over Jalen Hurts is something that gets fantasy mad. Taking the profile of a guy like Ramondre Stevenson over a guy like Jalen Hurts is something that gets fantasy managers in trouble. Um, but you were playing it because you really like that next tier of quarterbacks. I don't. Know. I, I, I. It's not that I like. I love it. You know. So it's. it's okay. while, while I do think that there is a separation of those three guys, I don't think it's going to be the same separation that we saw last year. I do think that. Lamar bounces back. I think Burrow still has another strong season. I think Justin Herbert's going to have a big season. I think that Justin Fields has a chance for a big season. So those four guys in particular, I'm buying into that group. And okay. so, and for me, that's not usually a place that I live in drafting quarterbacks. I'll usually wait until in in this particular year, just to you know put some context to it. I would usually wait for Dak, Watson, Cousins, Geno, that group. And just take my chances. I guess let me sum it up by this. We got the top three, right? And then we got Burrow, Jackson, Fields, Herbert. That's seven. Some people have Lawrence, eight. Maybe he's in his own tier. Some people, I think NFC ADP has Lawrence going ahead of Justin Fields. Now, he is, yes. Again, I'm talking, uh, actually, no, they're back-to-back. They're the same. Um I'm, well, from, depends on the from, There was a two-week stretch from, from the middle of July to the end of July, because I just did this for, for the... Uh, 50th version of breakouts um, mm. that uh, Fields was behind Lawrence in yeah, round five. Pretty close though, right? So yes, yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's eight. So I guess the the question to me is, uh, 
well, my question to you, <laughs> how important <laughs> is it to have a top eight, seven or eight quarterback, depending on how you feel about Trevor Lawrence? Dave, how important is it for you to have a top seven or eight quarterback? I like to have it. I would prefer to have it. The only way that I don't want to have it is if I find value with all of my first five picks in the draft. That, okay. That's that's really it. I'm going to look for quarterback earlier than I normally do because I'm looking for that fair value, and I want a quarterback that I can lock in and hope that they've got a floor of 23 fantasy points per game and a ceiling of 25 for that second group and 30 for that first group. Okay, Heath, same question to you. How important is it to have a set top seven or eight quarterback? I think I'm going to do that thing that you've hated for eight years now, but... Um, Man, it it really like if I'm drafting with with Dave and Jamie, then it's it's pretty important to me. If I'm drafting with my my friends in my home league, then I've already given up on the idea because they're um, taking quarterbacks earlier, right? Right. If I'm if I'm looking at NFC ADP and like Joe Burrow's going 30th and Lamar Jackson's going 36th and Justin Herbert's going 39th and Trevor Lawrence going 50th, I, I probably need to just get over that idea and I need to build an elite team and be happy with Tua. And one of the cousins, Gino, like, I think that's the great thing about it is I, I would really like to have one, but there are two guys specifically that you can target that are generally available around nine or later that could give you that. And there are a half dozen guys who give you a really great floor. So if you miss out on it, it's still okay in a home league situation where they're all going much earlier than you're comfortable with. So in other words, you're not reaching. I'm not well. I'm reaching more than I ever have, probably. But not but in I'm, those. I'm not in those home league drafts. Look, I'm not going to take a quarterback in fr- the fr- first round. I'm probably not going to take one in the second round. That's perfect. I'm going to request. I'm going to request that we maybe just focus on average draft position instead of the home league thing, which is. I, mean, well, I know there I think, are some home leagues that are crazy, but I, come on, man. No, I no, think we I, need home, to, home leagues are more reflective of what average draft position is than what our draft. I are. agree. I don't know what a home league is. I'm just going to go with with ADP right now. I don't know what home league ADP is. Well, I, okay. I think it's it's more it's more the non analyst drafts. That's probably right. the best way. To right, but do, I don't so. know how to I don't know how to say this is what happens in home leagues. I I think we have to make a ADP distinction though, what? Adam. Yeah, that's, yeah, I agree, Jamie. Yeah, we we have to make some sort of. A, we have to accommodate that somehow because people are also going to say, well, in my home league, they get drafted like you guys draft them. So people have to know if it's a league where five or six quarterbacks are going in the first round, then you just have to give up on that idea. Okay. That's, that's fair. All right. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break here. Actually, before we do that fantasy football today, open, that will be on our eBay page, uh, tinyurl.com slash, Ooh, need to make sure I get t- slash FFT donate tinyurl.com slash FFT donate. Uh, you can check, first of all, just be going there throughout the month to find out what's available uh, to bid on, and all of it benefits St. Jude. But the Fantasy Football Today Open is our eight-league tournament where each of us and four others from CBS, Chris, Dan, Sia, and Jacob, we're all going to be commissioners with 11 of you, and you've got 15 weeks to win the first league. If you win that, you advance. Eight people advance. We cut it down to four in week 16. We cut it down to a champion in week 17. And again, we're going to raise a ton of money for charity. So that's going to be posted tonight. I'm thinking 7 p.m. Eastern. I'm trying to get a confirmation. I don't have it. 
check at six check at 5 p.m. Eastern, check at 6 p.m. Eastern, check at 7 p.m. Eastern. All 88 spots are going to be posted at the same time. So um, you'll have your opportunities. Hopefully they won't sell out too quickly. $250 for an entry, tinyurl.com slash donate. And one more thing real quick here. Um, kind of a fun project. We're looking for any unique or longstanding fantasy football leagues in the New York City area. So if you live around here, around me, if you live in the New York City area and you've been playing fantasy with the same group for a while or you got something really cool and really unique, please email fantasyfootball at cbsi.com, the letter I, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com, and make sure you put something in the subject line like unique league NYC area, you know, long-running league NYC area, something like that. Please send them in. We need, we'd love to get some of these, um, some of these leagues. Uh, I'll tell you why. If you write in. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, quick run through the news and then more quarterback talk, sleepers, breakouts, bust. We'll go through ADP. We'll tell you who we like, who we don't like after this. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer. Two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Beats. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Quarterbacks continue here. Uh, just your news and notes real quick. Cooper Cup expected to miss a few weeks, according to Adam Schefter. So if that was the case, if he were only missing, let's just go real quick on this, guys. If he were only missing a few weeks, uh, would you move Cooper Cup down at all, Heath? I think I, I had him ahead of Kelsey, and I moved him behind Kelsey. And I don't plan on moving him in the next two weeks. So if if we get to week three, then I'm going to start getting a little nervous. But right now, I'm not planning. Just It was just moving him behind Kelsey. All right. John Harbaugh says he doesn't know when J.K. Dobbins will be back. He's on the pup list. There's also the contract issue. Um, Jonathan Taylor seems unlikely to be placed on the non-football injury list, according to Stephen Holder of ESPN. A lot of, of James Cook buzz right now. That's a guy who we talked about a few days ago as uh, as a riser. Calvin, Blame Josh Allen. Yeah, he said he's going to be playing a lot. You know, kind so of wait, three down te- back. A teammate praise another teammate? No way. Uh, yeah, but it's been a. It, yeah, he went a little above and beyond. Calvin Ridley's toe injury was caused by his cleats, so no big deal there. Zay Flowers and Odell Beckham are solidifying themselves as the top two wide receivers in Baltimore, according to ESPN's Jamison Hensley. Not a huge surprise because Rashad Bateman is on is uh, is on right. the pup list. He's still out with a foot injury. Um, Mike DeFabo of the Athletic thinks the Steelers will be run heavy this year. That's something Heath that you were actually were wondering about yesterday. I don't know if this does anything for your projections. It, it's one piece of information, yeah. Okay. 
It also, if you read the article in The Athletic, I think the quotes from Mike Tomlin do suggest the same thing. They said they want to get more explosive plays, but we got to control the pace of the game. We want to be physical, this and that. And Ron Rivera said, don't sleep on Jacoby Brissett. So Sam Howell does have some appeal because of his rushing ability, but he does have to deal with Jacoby Brissett. And I also saw something about Brian Robinson, by the way, being more involved in the passing game and doing a good job uh, in that area, if anybody cares about that. Okay, quarterback questions. Is there any, uh, Jamie, is there any strategy stuff that we haven't really talked about? I mean, I think you've made it pretty clear. You like that second tier. Um, we all think it's nice to have a top seven or eight quarterback, but Heath's already said if they don't reach, find a wait for Tua, and um, I think you said Cousins. Jamie, actually, why don't you talk about the the waiting? If you do end up missing out on the top eight, the tier right now is Deshaun Watson is is in his own tier at QB9 based on ADP, and then you've got a lot of other guys after that that have appeal. So if you miss out on the top eight, Jamie, what should you do? I think, first off, you need to know your league, you know, if, if you've been playing in a longstanding league, that is, is there going to be a lot of managers drafting two quarterbacks? Because if that's the case, then I think if you get to that point, you probably want to take two just to take two shots at it and make sure you have yourself the chance at or, or increase the chance at getting a, a potential top 10 guy. So, you know, if you take somebody like, I mean, we've said this time and time again, you know, the, the riskier quarterbacks in this range of Tua and, and Richardson, um, you want to make sure you have a, a, a capable backup. Then if you take somebody that doesn't necessarily have the the upside that, you know, based on where they're being selected, so Watson, Dak, Cousins, you know, I, I think those are probably the next three. Um, you might want to take a, a, a second guy as well. And 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 that second group tends to be Geno Smith, Aaron Rodgers, um, Daniel Jones, Russell Wilson. You know, Cousins probably is in this group as well. Um, so, you know, you want to make sure you probably have two of those guys. So I think the longer the longer that you wait, you're probably more inclined to take two guys just because double up the chance that one of them can potentially be in a great spot. And if you are taking one of these second guys, don't take a guy that has just a safe floor. I think you want to take a shot at somebody that has a ceiling that can get you to maybe a top five play. Not necessarily, you know, the 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 Geno Smith top five like we saw last year where he just crept in there based on, you know, the rest of the position being terrible. Somebody that can be that next type of 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 great player. And and I think you you look at somebody that can run that will hopefully help you in that regard too. So where Anthony Richardson right now is being drafted, that's the perfect second guy to take a shot on. But we're yeah. we're not ranking it that way. That's just the way he's being drafted. Yeah, you guys all have Richardson in the top in your top ten, right around nine or ten. So I know my next question was going to be it can be for all of you and Dave. You can go first. Is who in that you know ten to eighteen ish group do you target? So I'll say other than. Tua Tungabailoa, who you guys all have in your top nine, I believe, mm. and other and other than Anthony Richardson. I know you guys like them, but who else do you find yourself drafting in the Jones, Wilson, Goff, Rogers, Geno group, if I'm forgetting anyone, sorry. But Dave, do you find any yourself drafting any of those guys a lot? First of all, I'm not thrilled drafting from this group. It's part of the reason why I'd prefer to get one of those top eight quarterbacks Dak is who I have at 11 just because he can be productive we've seen it before I know he's having a terrible training camp he might even get off to a slow start to the season but he would be one Deshaun would be another um, and then Cousins and Gino uh, the more I think about Gino the more I like him I just don't know if I have the stones to make him uh, my, my QB one to begin the season I, I think that might be where the list and Jones could probably get in there 
Um, so you could call it 15 or so quarterbacks that I'd feel okay with. Okay. Heath, how about you? I mean, it, it depends on if we're talking about what's happened in our drafts or what ADP reflects, because like Deshaun Watson's a sixth round pick according to ADP. So never him. Um, but it, like based on ADP, I would say it's, it's Anthony Richardson and it's Kyler Murray, who's QB 22 based on ADP right now, combined with Cousins, Geno, or Daniel Jones. It's two of those okay. guys. So it's it's one of and, and generally I have two a two, two as eighth round pick right now. I usually get him a little bit later than that, but like two a Richardson Murray plus Cousins, Goff, Gino. Daniel so Jones. you didn't say Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. Are you pretty much done with them? They, they I'm not necessarily done with them. If they were the last guys in that tier, I would take them. Okay. I don't usually take the first guy in that tier, I would say. Okay. Daniel Jones is usually the last guy in that tier. Did you say golf, by the way? Yeah. He did. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, Jamie, how about hey, you? What do you have? Oh, go ahead. What do you have uh, projected for rushing yards for Daniel Jones this year? I have him projected for 700 rushing yards. Oh, that's a good number. That's <laughs> that is a good, good number. number. <laughs> uh, that he's never done. What do you have for Richardson last year? <laughs> a, a lot. <laughs> uh, a lot. A, a thousand. I've got him projected for a thousand. I just, oh, I think he's going to run ten times a game. All right, Jamie, Jalen go Hurts. ahead. Go ahead, Jamie. He's great stat. Great Hubba, stat. Hubba. Oh, uh, so um, Mike Florio of NFL Network tweeted this out yesterday, but he was referring to four points for passing touchdowns, right, Adam? The, you, you, you came to that conclusion because he didn't say yes. Okay, so he was uh, alluding to four points for passing touchdowns in terms of what quarterbacks who have run for seven hundred yards or more have done. So I, I just did it for. Uh, six points for passing touchdowns. So since 2010, uh, there have been 16 quarterbacks that have rushed for at least 700 yards in a season. I'm sorry, 16 times where a quarterback, because there's been multiple quarterbacks too. So 16 times where a quarterback has rushed for 700 yards in a season. The worst season, which is he, he's going to enjoy this, of who the quarterback is. But the worst season for a quarterback that has 700 yards rushing or more is Daniel Jones at 19.9 fantasy points per game. That's the worst. Everybody else has been 21 points uh, per game or more. And that's only looking at their rushing numbers, not looking at anything else that they did. So you could say they were horrible passers. Justin Fields was, you know, within, uh, what, 60 yards, 80 yards of uh, breaking Lamar Jackson's record, and he threw for 2,200 yards. So you don't have to be a very prolific passer. But if you can run for 700 yards, <laughs> you are going to be a good fantasy quarterback. And so if, if that's what you're anticipating for those two guys, Heath, then they're going to have good seasons as, as a pretty good baseline again. And, you know, we, we, Adam brings this up all the time. A lot of what these guys have done has been in their second years. Well, two quarterbacks over that span in their rookie seasons have done it. And it was Cam Newton in 2011 and RG3 in 2012. So those two guys both over 700 yards rushing, and they were pretty good as fantasy quarterbacks. Yeah, uh, they were great. Top uh, five. Uh, I will say Lamar Jackson had 695 rushing yards as a rookie and didn't. And he started six games? Yeah, right. Six or seven, yeah. <laughs> How many did he have in the games that he started? But he wasn't, a great, he, he wasn't a great fantasy option in the games he started. He was something Not like. Not as a rookie, but 10, his second year, right. he was pretty good. I, I, I know. Anthony Richardson's going into his rookie <laughs> year, though. Not his second year, but. Uh, That's true. All right. Um, He's going to start sooner than Lamar did. Let's see. Uh, which. Tier of quarterback to usually take. I think we've pretty much addressed that. Uh, how does your strategy change in a two quarterback league, Dave? Oh, you've got to prioritize them in a way heavier way. You'll see 
those first eight guys, they're all going to be first round picks. You'll be lucky if Trevor Lawrence makes it to the back end of round two. And it might be because somebody who's picking 12th takes him with his second pick instead of his first pick. You, what you have to think about is how, how risky do you want to be with your quarterbacks? Are you okay taking Tua in that league knowing that he could miss some time or that Richardson could bust or that Deshaun could bust? Uh, all the older quarterbacks, are they going to rebound? These are things that you've got to think about, and you might want to prioritize some of the safer quarterbacks. Uh, I would consider Jones in that mix. Goff would be in that mix. Um, who am I missing? Cousins. Cousins, You might yeah, Dak. move him up a little bit. Dak, for sure, you'd move up a little bit more. Um, I try to get two quarterbacks with my first three picks in Superflex or 2QB leagues. I don't want to mess around. I don't, I don't want to try and be that guy that's going to find – the diamond in the rough. Uh, I'd rather take my chances getting two quarterbacks that I think can get me good points week in and week out in a, in that format. I, I think for 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 me, the way I, I look at it is where are you picking in the first round? Mm-hmm. Because if you're picking early in the first round, you know you're getting one of those top tier guys. And and you know we saw this with the Superflex mock draft we did earlier this week. You know Adam had probably the toughest call early because he's picking fourth, and you're not a Lamar Jackson guy. You know that's the way I I, I wrote the story. Adam and I talked this out a little bit. You know that you were concerned about Burrow. You're not a Lamar Jackson guy, and so you pivoted to a different position. But I think the the, yeah. the strategy part of this is if you're picking early in the first round, you're taking one of those top-tier guys, but you get to play the board a little bit coming back in this in the second and third at the turn, knowing that you'll see if there's like four or five guys that you have in this range, which I think a lot of people do, of Goff, Geno, Cousins, um, Rodgers, you know, Daniel Jones, that group. You know, they're, they're all sort of lumped together in, in, in some way, shape, or form based on how we see them get drafted. So if you're not sold on one of those guys, just wait to see what comes back to you because you're going to get a pretty good player in round two at the back end of round two. If you're at the back end of round one, it's a much tougher call because there's so many great players that are going to be sitting there. And do you want to take Watson, Dak, Tua, Richardson, whatever order, knowing that you you just got maybe Herbert or Lawrence? You know, and so that's the the, the dilemma, I think, if if you're facing it because coming back at the at the three four turn. You're looking at pretty bad quarterbacks, most likely, and well, that's the problem that not, you face. You know, that's so hard. Can you give so me some names of those quarterbacks uh, in this? Well, league, unless it was unless good. those guys slip, you know, the the Russell Wilson, Rodgers, you know, you know those guys slip. Then, if you're okay with that group, you're fine. But if you're talking about that next group of, yeah. you know, and we're not talking, you know, we're talking redraft. So you're, you're that next group of. Stafford and Tannehill and Stroud and Young and those guys, like that's pretty ugly knowing that there's still going to be very, very good players at other positions still running back a receiver because all the quarterbacks have now been pushed up. So I tend to, whenever I'm at the you know middle to back end of round one, I'm going quarterback, quarterback almost every time. Okay. I'll just say I'm looking at uh, Draft Sharks, Superflex ADP. And one thing, man, Superflex, you just never know. It's so hard to predict where these quarterbacks are going to go. But... 3.9, uh, ninth pick of round three, Kirk Cousins. In round four, Daniel Jones, Aaron Rodgers, Geno Smith, Anthony Richardson. Round five, Jared Goff, Russell Wilson. And that's the end. I mean, then it's Derek Carr, Bryce Young, Jordan Love, Matthew Stafford. Kyler Murray's still there. But but I, based on the draft we did, based on Fantasy Sharks ADP, you can still get a top 18-ish quarterback in round four, maybe even round five. Uh, all right, moving on here to four-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. Heath, why don't you tackle this one quickly? How does your strategy change in four-point-per-passing touchdown leagues? 
Well, it's an obvious boost to the rushing quarterbacks, and it's it's also a, a, a kind of a, a decrease to those passing quarterbacks who succeed based on a high touchdown rate and not necessarily yards. Because the like we talk about the rushing quarterbacks getting a boost, I don't know that it's necessarily a boost to Josh Allen who's going to throw thirty-five to forty touchdown passes um, because he's still losing two fantasy points for all those touchdowns. What, what who really gets boosted up are the guys who succeed without throwing very many touchdowns like Daniel Jones. But it, it does hurt guys like Aaron Rodgers. Generally, in the past, it does hurt guys like Kirk Cousins, although Cousins had a low touchdown rate. Um, it's really good for somebody like Derek Carr, though, and he's not a rushing quarterback because Carr doesn't generally throw a lot of touchdowns. It's really good for him, but it doesn't vault him into must-start territory or anything like that. It just makes him it, better. It, it vaults him into must-start territory in two QB leagues for me, which he isn't right now. Okay. Um, all right, let's do sleepers, breakouts, and busts. We'll go Jamie, Heath, Dave. My favorite sleeper quarterback is blank. Uh, Geno Smith. Dave? Uh, Heath? Heath? Well, I mean, he's got a 10th round ADP, so I'm going to say Anthony Richardson. <laughs> and Dave? I love both those picks. I will give some love to Jared Goff as a sleeper quarterback. Okay. So you guys all have Richardson ranked the highest, right? Yeah, between yes. Goff, Smith, and I, and I almost and think it's it, it. Maybe this is like a echo chamber thing because I don't see other people loving Richardson. The fact that we just ran off some ADPs where Richardson's lower than we have him ranked, I, I think we collectively see him differently than a lot of other people do. There, there are yeah. a lot, and I see this on Twitter. There are a lot of people who think that Anthony Richardson might not start this year. There are even a lot of people who don't think he's going to start the first half of the season. He Heath, just took all okay? the first-team reps yesterday in practice. And they've Heath, been going... You, they, go ahead. No, I was going to say, are, are you okay that you are now the second member of the gardner Minshew fan club that you've been passed? Yeah, Adam Azer is in? I, I, I oh, mean, he's, no. the, he's the leader of the... Gardner Mitchell. I do, I do not think. Look, I don't know, but I do not think Richardson's going to start 17 games. I think he's going to struggle. And uh, I was actually it was a Michael Pittman conversation where I said I'm so low on Pittman. I'm so low on Richardson that I should be higher on Pittman because I think Pittman would be pretty good with Minshew. But uh, yeah, I, look, I, look. I, the thing is, my my Richardson anti Richardson argument has always been about where you guys have him ranked. I will not make any argument, which is top 10. I will not make any argument against Richardson at his ADP. I think it's, and, and I think this is less of an Anthony Richardson discussion than it is a philosophy discussion. I don't know why you would take Goff or Gino or Cousins or Daniel Jones ahead of Anthony Richardson when one of those guys is probably going to be available in the last round of the draft. I would take the upside guy first. And then I will find a guy, and I, and I would even go so far, and I, I've said this before, I, unless your league is full of Adam Azers who are going to all draft two or three quarterbacks in a one-quarterback league, I think you can probably stream 19 fantasy points per game, maybe even 20 fantasy points per game. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really matter what Anthony Richardson's floor is. It doesn't matter what Tua's floor is. You're drafting in early quarterbacks based on their ceiling, and you'll find that 20 to 21 fantasy point per game floor either on the waiver wire or in the last round of your draft. Yeah, I, I do not disagree with any of that. Uh, and I'm always the guy pushing it back against the Richardson thing. But what you said makes sense. I guess I just wouldn't make it. I wouldn't intentionally miss out on the top eight quarterbacks to draft Richardson and Agreed. one of no. those guys. Yeah, no. 
Okay. Um, I'm just going to throw out two guys as sleepers here. They are two QB league sleepers. Ryan Tannehill and Jimmy Garoppolo are about QB 30. And I think they're, if they stay healthy, they're probably going to be reliable guys in two QB leagues. I'm not going to say anything else. They're not going to be like, great. Maybe Tannehill could be. Tannehill had a really good stretch. Now he has Hopkins. So, um, But I just thought those guys were going a little bit too low. I, I think Tannehill is still not getting drafted appropriately because people are expecting him to get benched. And if you look at what they just did by signing DeAndre Hopkins, that speaks to we are competing. Mm-hmm. And if they're competing, they are sticking with Tannehill until he gets hurt. And so if he stays healthy... It will be Tannehill and Madrasi. I couldn't agree more with his call. Now, Garoppolo is so interesting. There was a report yesterday that he's not throwing the ball deep with any success, which, again, not big surprise. What? But, <laughs> but you know, it's it's just like, okay, at, at, at what point, if they're bad, does he get pulled? Because yeah. that could easily happen, especially if Jacobs plays this out in a, in a you know, negative way and Devontae's not happy. Like this, this could go bad. Like he's not somebody that I'd be very inclined. To, but Tannehill, I'm totally on board with. All right, let's go to breakouts here. We'll go Dave, Heath, Jamie. Dave, your favorite breakout quarterback is blank. It's Trevor Lawrence. Expecting a huge season from him, upgraded weapons, and chance to do better than the 22 points per game he had during his best stretch last year. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, sorry, Heath. Oh, I'm second. Okay, I, yeah. I I was so shocked I've, by Dave giving me the free space that. Uh, <laughs> I'll take Justin Fields. I think that Justin Fields will be the best breakout quarterback and finish as the top five guy this year. But didn't he break out last year? Or are you saying he'll be better than he was uh, during his big stretch last year? Well, I think Lawrence's big stretch last year was much better than 22 fantasy points yeah, per game. Yeah, I think so. Like Lawrence's, Lawrence had a four or five game stretch where, I mean, Adam's talked about it before, where he was a top three or four fantasy quarterback. His last They're six both games breakouts. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Come no, on. they are both breakouts. Uh, Trevor Lawrence in a five game stretch, he was the number four quarterback overall, number two per game in six point per passing touchdowns. On pace for 4,900 yards, 44 touchdowns. Then the last three games of the season, he slumped. We can get into that a little bit later. I think there are some excuses in there for at least two of the games. But um, all right, Lawrence and Fields are the, I guess, the obvious breakouts. Jamie, is that, were you going to say one of them? Uh, no, I'll say Tua. You know, I, I think, mm-hmm. again, you know, another quarterback that we saw have some very good moments, but it wasn't sustained. And, you know, if he stays healthy, should have an amazing, amazing season. You know, he could be. I heard one uh, NFL person say that, and they have some ties to covering the Dolphins, say that Tua could be the next 5,000-yard passer in Dolphins history. I think that's a stretch. But, you know, he's going to have, I think, the chance if he stays healthy again, you know, 4,500 yards and, you know, maybe 40 touchdowns, which is going to be a good good spot for, you know, where you're drafting him. So, Tua, like I said, I, I put the way I tier it, I put those three guys, not field, but Lawrence – Richardson and Tua in the same tier because I think all three of these guys, as Heath phrased it as perfectly as you can, they have as huge a ceiling as you can find, and you're getting them later, and then you can still pair them with somebody else. Okay, so if we focus on Fields and Lawrence as the the breakout candidates, the guys that are being drafted, you know, with a guy like Justin Herbert, who just two seasons ago was the number three quarterback in fantasy, um, similarly to Lamar Jackson, a little after Lamar Jackson, but. I take Fields over Jackson personally. Um, do either do any of you? And I think I know where this is going. It's going to be Heath on Trevor Lawrence. Do any of you not really think 
are any of you not in on this movement of Fields and Lawrence being uh, big breakouts and league winners, basically? I, I think they're all good breakout candidates. And I am becoming more interested in, in buying Lawrence as a breakout the more clips I see of Calvin Ridley looking like Calvin Ridley. If he gets through all of training camp healthy, uh, I, I may be all the way in. But he is the one that I'm least excited about. Okay, but you take it for what it's worth, just on Lawrence while while we're here. Um, so, you know, we have all of our reporters at training camp stops, and the mayor of Jacksonville, Pete Prisco, was just in 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 uh, Jaguars camp, and I, you know, I talked to Pete all the time, and he, he said that you know Trevor looked amazing, that they're not worried at all about Calvin's toe injury, and you know, he's got he's got so much upside, so much upside, you know, so there's. Like if you are inclined to wait, and again, I think the waiting conversation for this position changes a little bit now because it used to be wait until like the the ten through fifteen group, you know. But you can be, you can get a league winner. Herbert at seven, Lawrence at eight, Tua at nine, Richardson at ten. Whatever you want, however you want to see those guys ranked, because they're going to go after everybody else in front of them. You're going to be very happy about those guys if they hit. Now they have to hit clearly, but you're going to be very happy if they do. There, there is an enormous difference. Like the the public right now is viewing Lawrence basically as Fields, and then Tua's forty picks later. But right now, Lawrence and Fields are both at pick fifty. Tua's at pick ninety. Do you think yeah. that's more though concern about Fields still as opposed to hype about Lawrence? Because that's the way I view it. I, I think it's still more the public is can Fields get there? But they're drafting him. You know, with the same spot as Lawrence, I think the point for Heath was that they're drafting Tua so much later. What I find, oh yeah, no, I understand. What I, I find almost hypocritical is that based on the comments I see, the Tua thing is so much about injury. I feel like well, everyone. How is it not? What's that? But how is it not? No, no, no. Only that. What's hypocritical to me is that nobody's nobody's downgrading Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle. If you if you have both of them, one in the first round, one in the second round. What are you thinking that's going to happen with Tua Tagovailoa? He's going to get hurt and miss half the season because then you probably should adjust. This is to. But the, isn't that more problem. waddle? Because still Tyreek was was fine. He, he I don't. But know. they're not. They're not giving you what you're drafting them to do if uh, Tua yeah. isn't there. I think the Dolphins made a good move by getting Mike White, and I think they're but appara- far apparently more he's he's not running away with the second job though. No, so. I know he's not. You got you got to feel good about that. Skylar Thompson then again. Yeah. That, All right, can, that's let's okay. go to busts here. Sorry, let's go to bust. Let's go uh, Heath, Jamie, Dave. Uh, blank will be a bust. Heath. I hate this. Come on, baby. Um, let's go. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm going to say that Trevor Lawrence at the 4-5 or five turn is going to be a bust because if, like, I, I, there's not there's not a good answer to this question, I don't think, based on ADP. Um, but I Lawrence is being picked a couple of rounds earlier than I would take him, so that's that's the answer. He, I do think... Like we, we're talking about four or five game stretches for all these guys, but Fields and Tua's best month or month and a half was still quite a bit better than Trevor Lawrence's. Okay, so Trevor Lawrence uh, yep. and is Heath's reluctant call. And Dave, just like 20, 20 seconds ago, I'm buying into the idea of Lawrence. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's what I said. I, I hate it's it. Cost. It's cost. It's cost. Uh, okay, I forgot who's second. Uh, Jamie, go ahead. Bust. Uh, I'm going to say it costs, and that's the only reason I'm going to say it is Mahomes. You know, I'm, I'm not drafting him in round one in a one quarterback league. So, 
you know, it's it's uh, it's nothing to do with his his performance. He will be great, but is he going to be that much better than the guys behind him and even the guys that you will make the combo of quarterback and whatever other player that you can get a little bit later? So Mahomes at cost at around one pick. All right, Dave, how about you? Blank will be a bust. In 44 drafts since news about Burrow's injury, Deshaun Watson's ADP is 75th overall. I think that that's way too high. He's not an early round seven pick. That's on NFC. He used to be. He used to be worth that. So, Oh, once upon a time in his career, yes. Yeah. I always think, though, for this, and, and I'm going to be a hypocrite by saying this because it's you know a matter of where, where they're being selected. I always, I always like when, when we get a little bit later in the draft, though, What's the what's the ranking of the quarterbacks as opposed to the overall? Because and this goes to Heath's point about you know personal drafts versus analyst drafts and ADP and all those things. It's so different for every league. It really yeah, is. but Watson's QB nine, and I obviously it's too high. No, totally too I've high. Made the case. Call perfect. Yeah, yeah, and I I wish he I wish his ADP was more more you know in that group with Tua and Dak and Cousins instead of clearly above it. So that's a little that's a little disappointing, but he does bring a lot more rushing potential than those guys, especially Tua and Cousins. You know, this is a guy that can be a 500 yard rusher. Tua rushed for 70 yards last year, which was low for him, but that you know, that is something to consider. And if Watson can bounce back, then then he's certainly worth that pick. If he can just be what he was. Did we uh, did we settle on? Is it the Shazer? Is that the name? DeShazer, that's me. Deshazer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great. <laughs> exactly who I want to be linked to. Thank you for that, Jamie. All right, well, I, I will say, like, <laughs> go ahead. based on ADP, Justin Fields is the only quarterback in the top 12 who is being drafted lower than I rank him. He's the best value by far. By far. Who? Eighth quarterback off the board? By far. Fields. Oh, okay. Tell me why I want to go to break, but tell me before we do that. Tell me no after we after we go to break. Tell me why Justin Fields and or Trevor Lawrence should be taken ahead of Justin Herbert. I think it is a very interesting discussion to have, and we'll have it right after this. All right, so I do want to get into ADP for for everyone, and I'm not sure that we really. I think we more or less. Co- you good with the top three? We good with the top three? Like we talked about when we take them, and yeah, 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 like they're sure things. So. You know, I mean, but, we could discuss the order. You know, all right, just give me your order. Just give me your order. Go ahead. Mahomes hurts Allen. Oh, why did he do that? Mahomes in, hurts in the Allen. playoffs is the end of that sentence. <laughs> uh, Mahomes Allen hurts. What happened? I cut out. No, you said Mahomes hurts Allen. It was a sentence. Oh, <laughs> very clever. Very funny. Where's the? Uh... Okay. Jamie, what's just, your order? Uh, same as Heath. Mahomes, Allen, Hurt. <laughs> Heath is having fun with YouTube comments. Please take his access away. <laughs> Four point for passing touchdown. Give me your order for your top three. Uh, Mahomes, Allen, Hurts. Allen, Hurts, Mahomes. Hurts, Allen, Mahomes. Okay. So, Q, so after that... I know I teased the whole Herbert thing. We're, we'll get to that. After that, ADP has um, Joe Burrow fourth. Uh, now, I don't know what's changed since the injury. I guess I could look at that. but I got it. 
All right, what's what's that? All right, you tell me. But uh, you know, it was I did uh, ADP since July twenty first. I made it a little bit more recent. That's still eighty five drafts. Joe Burrow was going thirty second overall. Lamar Jackson was going thirty sixth overall, and then in, Herbert. Yeah, go ahead. In the last three days, there have been twelve drafts. Burrow is still QB four, but he has fallen to pick thirty five. Okay, and then Jackson right after that. Yep, and then Herbert. Like they're they're within two and a half picks of each other. Okay, so Burrow, Jackson, Herbert, Fields, Lawrence. Do all of you have Lawrence at the end of that group of five? I do. Yes. Technically, I have Tua at the end of that group of five, but yes. Okay, Lawrence is your <laughs> lowest ranked of that group. Yes. Um, could you see that changing? Could you guys see you putting Lawrence ahead of any of that group of five uh, and not... No injuries, okay? Let's say Burrow's back for week one. Could you see yourself moving Lawrence ahead of any of them, or do you think he will be the last, the lowest ranked of that group of five quarterbacks? Lowest. Okay. Okay, uh, so then let's just talk about this group. Should Burrow be fourth? No. Ooh. See, it's should a yes be fourth for me of the Of the top group? No, he should not be fourth. Who should be? Lamar. I feel like Lamar. Lamar. Lamar is the hardest for me to predict. Dave, me too. I have Lamar on fields back to back, but Lamar. I think I've got Lamar lower than everybody. I've got him sixth. Why? Because I don't think he's getting back to that MVP form. I know he got off to a great start last year, and then things kind of fell off for him then. Last three years, 22.5 fantasy points per game, 21.6 fantasy points per game, 24.7 fantasy points per game. He's got glorious upside. We know why, but I just think there's too much risk to prioritize him versus Burrow. I think Fields I think Fields will have more rushing yards than Jackson. This team wants him to throw more and run less. So that means he's going to throw more and run less, and they upgraded his receiving core. I think he'll be good. I like him as a starter. I'm I'm assuming Burrow will be fine, so I'm taking him ahead of him, and I'm taking Fields ahead of him too. I I do agree that Fields will run more than Jackson, but we have a lot more evidence of Jackson as a competent NFL passer than we do Justin Fields. And I Fair. I think they both had big upgrades in their receiving core, but I think Jackson's pass catching weapons are still quite a bit better than Fields. I agree with that too. And by the way, I have to do this. But that's just an Azer stat. If anyone deserves to be Azer statted, it is Lamar Jackson because each of the last two seasons, he has played about 10 snaps or less in a game and scored one or two fantasy points. And it has dropped him so far down in points per game. So his points per game, if you remove those games, 32.5 in his breakout MVP season. And then the last three seasons, he's been 25.5, 24.2, and 24.3. And that's in six-point for passing touchdown leagues. That's a lot better than what, what Dave said, but it's actually really not that special. I mean, it's definitely like a guy you'd want to draft top seven or so, and it would have ranked top five, but it's not even coming close to Allen or or Hertz or Mahomes from last year. It's not coming close to what Burrow did when he had Chase and Jefferson. Do you think that Lamar Jackson can still get to 27, 28 points per game? Because he's been about 24 to 25, removing the the games that he's left with an injury uh, three straight years in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. Think he still has the 28-point upside? Yes. I, 
I think you have to argue that he technically has 40 point upside because that's what he averaged in his first three games last year. So there will be spike weeks with Lamar. That's just going to come with the territory. But I think there's going to be, I think he's going to be swingy. There's going to be a lot of games where he's under 20, might be under 18. We might be able to say the same thing for Fields. I just think Fields can be a little more consistent. I think there's a chance, Adam, you you talk about Doug Peterson's first time as a head coach in Philadelphia and how that first year um, before everybody knew what he was doing, the offense was so much more successful. Or the first, and They basically got worse as an offense every year. I think that's what happened to Greg Roman. And I do think like there's risk with an offensive coordinator change. Sometimes that goes bad for the quarterback. But I do think the coordinator change gives him, I think he has 30-point upside this year. And that's that's the big difference for me between him and Burrow is I don't think, I think Fields does have it, but isn't as likely to reach it. I don't think Burrow has the same upside as those two. With Fields, you're buying the hope. And he certainly can get there if the rushing stays the same in the power, similar, you know, a, a plus thousand yard season. And he can get closer to, you know, north of 2,500 yards. There's one guy that's ever been 3,000, 1,000, and it's Lamar Jackson. And so, you know, he's already showed you that he can get to that level. And I do think that his improvements as a passer, while he won't get to 1,200 yards rushing, which he did in his MVP season, if he's going to be north of 900 yards and maybe gets closer to 3,500 yards passing, he's going to be in the conversation to be the number one quarterback. Okay. So Herbert is one guy that we just have barely spoken about he hasn't come up in any you can't call him a sleeper maybe you could you can't call him a breakout no. I don't think you're going to no. call him a bust he was such a bust last year he was terrible um but man he was the number three quarterback in fantasy before that he loaded with talent Dave why should I why should I draft uh, any of those guys Jackson Fields Lawrence why should I draft them ahead of Justin Herbert well because of the rushing upside in the case of Fields and Jackson I think that that is basically the best argument for them. And I would take Jackson ahead of Justin Herbert. Herbert's also getting a new offensive coordinator, but we like what we're seeing from them. And we think that the new offensive coordinator uh, will, will A, keep the Chargers throwing the ball a ton, and B, give Herbert a chance to be more explosive and to make plays downfield. It's Kellen Moore as uh, the new play caller. We used to see him in Dallas. He did good things there for Dak Prescott. We've also seen Herbert get over 25 fantasy points per game. He did that in his first two years. Last year was a huge step back. I, I He was hurt. The offensive line was hurt. The receiving core wasn't as good as it is now. The receiver, Keenan Allen missed a big chunk of time. I, I think the argument can be made that Justin Herbert could be like the best bounce-back quarterback yeah. in 2023 and get you close to that 25-point mark again. And if, if you're worried about injuries for Jackson or Justin Fields not coming through. Maybe you're even worried about Joe Burrow. Uh, dude, I think Justin Herbert could be that guy that you just wait on and draft and uh, probably can't. just fine with. You can't wait on him. That's the, that's why I think, Adam, you, you, can can call him a, you can call him a bust. If he's going to be drafted in early round four after that season last year, we're just right. pretending that's like that fair. didn't happen. That's you could fair. call him a bust. Right. I, but well, I, mean, least, I bet he doesn't go that high. You, you had just... I mean, look, it, it, it easily can be replicated, but his top two receivers missed a combined 11 games. He was playing through a rib injury. His offensive yeah, line was banged terrible. up. Terrible. His offense coordinator was terrible. You know, they added another player, you know, that in the first round to help his receiving core. They kept two premier guys on the team in terms of Austin Eckler, who wanted to trade, and Gerald Everett, who we thought were going to get cut. You know, he has as good of weapons and system as any quarterback you can ask for. Plus... And again, take it to you know the start of the show. Adam, you know, 
rightfully so, maybe saying that 2020 and 2021 seasons were pumped up for passers. He lived in that era of of what what those guys did. Those were his two best seasons, 26 points per game in both those years. But he has that upside because he showed it to us. And he'll probably run a little bit more than than he did last year because he you know playing through the rib, rib oh, injury. Yeah. So yeah, I'm with you, Adam. I feel like he should be him. he should be in the top five. I, I might make that adjustment. That's just, but I, I feel like all those guys have a great case, you know. So oh, totally, you live totally, in the tier but, and you take. But this, and you, you this try remember to last year. You know, it's 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 obviously easy to look at hindsight and say, okay, we maybe you know rushed him up the flagpole a little bit too soon. But we were saying ahead of Mahomes, and I know Heath wasn't, but I think the industry was saying ahead of Mahomes last oh, yeah. year because of the the loss of Tyreek Hill, and and we got burned by it. But his situation got better. You know, as bad as last year was, you flip it on his head, he could be in that conversation again easily right away. I want to make this point that, you know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the quarterback tiers episode. And it was, you know, he does fall into this group a little bit. So does Russell Wilson, maybe Aaron Rodgers. But the the most, uh, the best value, some of the best values at quarterback have been players who have already shown they can be great, who are coming off a bad year and getting a new offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson falls into that category much later in the draft. Herbert obviously falls in that category in the middle of the draft. Um, I, but there's been a lot of there's been a good amount of examples of that. I think that that's a really good point. It works much better when the player is being penalized for last year. Justin Herbert is not. That's a great point. But he, he still has shown that he's even better than his ADP. He's had a year where he's been even better than his ADP. But you like you like him you like him in the mix there, right? With with those guys. You don't want to take him in round four. I've got him in round six. Round six. But where do you have Fields? Round four or five. Okay. So you're clearly lower on Herbert then. Right. Dave and Jamie, do you think Herbert is basically in the same tier as Jackson and Fields? Yes. Half step below. Okay. Um, all right. So let's go to our next uh, player. It's Deshaun Watson. And do you think Watson should be more, you know, in terms of, uh, okay, we already said he should be the kind of more lumped in with the other guys, and uh, he's not. But who's optimistic about Deshaun Watson? You. It's true. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Is anyone else? I don't I don't hate Deshaun Watson's fantasy value. I just don't want to reach for him. So I, I think, you know, where he's being drafted is too soon. The number quarterback he's being selected at is too soon. But if I if I wait on the position, he's one of the guys I'm targeting. Not as aggressively as Adam is, but one of the guys I'm targeting. I, I think his ADP might be too soon in the 70s or whatever, but I don't know that QB9 is too soon. Who should definitively be taken ahead of him? I, I know you guys are going to say Tua. Is there anyone else that you think he definitely should be going behind? I'll take Richardson's upside. I'll take a chance on that over Deshaun, and I'll take Dak over Deshaun. Okay. I still think that he has shown he has huge upside. You know, once yeah. upon a time, he was the number one quarterback per game as a rookie. He's been more like six or seven, uh, five to oh, seven. Oh, no, he's game. got one, two, three, four QB6 finishes in his career Yeah, on a points-per-game basis. Yeah. Yeah, he was awesome in Houston. I, I, I'm doing my best not to hold him back, count him, count. I'm doing my best not to count last year against him. Because it just seems like it was just because I think it was just bad circumstance. He missed that huge chunk of the year. Uh, this is going to be a much more normal year. Also, his receiving core is nominally better. What I hold against him 
is that this is an offense. Kevin Stefanski is a play caller who's been run heavy for five years. We've been on run heavy offenses before Bill O'Brien was run heavy. Basically every single season. Not like this. Not Not as bad as as what Deshaun Watson's or Stefanski's track record is. But I think they they, they, they are going to throw more. I think. You don't get you don't get Watson last right, year. Exactly. To not you don't throw. get Watson last year. Trade for Elijah Moore. Right. You know, draft Jalen Hyatt or not Cedric Tillman. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you don't make all these moves and say you're not going and 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 let your one A running back, you know, whatever you want to, you know, tag Kareem Hunt leave and not replace him with anybody significant. You know, so all these moves speak to wanting to throw more. I'm not gonna hold last year against him either, just because he he had to stay away from the team the entire entirety of the suspension. Comes in when the weather's bad at the end of the season, you know, not comfortable. Uh, and it's not just that; it was the layoff the whole year before too. You know, so we're talking you know year plus. And so now full off season, you know, everything that you've you've heard, forget about what you think of him. Again, it's it, it's two separate conversations. He's attacked this off season the right way, you know, by by all accounts, you know, and, and taking his receivers to certain spots and throwing with them and doing all those things, and 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 being you know a uh, uh, the, the the right teammate maybe trying to make amends for everything that happened, but I I do think that he's it's it's hard to expect him to get back to that same level of the the player that he was. He's older, the the division's tougher. But he's in his the prime. situation's different. It's like twenty seven huh? years old. He's not. He's, but still he's still older in his prime he's, though. He's he's still he's still older though. It's it's, it's it's just yes he's in his prime. But it, again to expect him to be that type of guy again you're asking a lot. Can he get there? Yes, for sure. But I just don't expect him to get there because he doesn't have to. He has a, a, as good a run game as he'll ever have, if not the best run game he's ever had to support him. And and while they are going to throw more, they still will have a very healthy dose of running the football. You know, so yeah. they're not going to get away from that. I, I do think that in his prime argument, um, and it's it's a Josh Allen discussion too, and soon a Lamar Jackson discussion as well. But like that prime for running quarterbacks historically is much, much shorter than it is for, for complete pocket passers. All right, fair, fair enough. Let's uh, move on to the next group, and it's Dak and Cousins. Oh, and I'm sorry, it's Tua. I know you guys like Tua. We've spent enough time on him. Dak and Cousins are after that. Do you Who do you like better, Dak or Cousins? Who has more upside? Dak. Hmm. I think you have to say Dak. Uh, Dak has more upside, but as we, you know, had our conversation, Adam, and then you know, we talked about it in the air a little bit. I think this is where Dak belongs, closer to this player than he does the other group. All right, the next group after that is Daniel Jones, Geno Smith, Aaron Rodgers. Do you guys take any of them, Daniel Jones, Geno Smith, who was a top six quarterback last year, or Aaron Rodgers ahead of the maybe safer but less sexy uh, Dak and Cousins? I can't do I, it. I think they're all the same. Well, yeah. I disagree with the idea that this group of quarterbacks is less exciting than Dak. No, no. I think Dak and G, Dak and Cousins are the sort of safer, less exciting ones. Right. Then then Geno Smith, Daniel Jones, and Aaron Rodgers. I, I think people would probably say that those three quarterbacks have more upside than Dak Prescott. I think that I don't be, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. Okay, uh, Dak like those guys have, and I guess that's just because, and I always bring this back, and you always make the point, even for a thirty-year-old quarterback, like what he's done does not equal his upside. It's just some imaginary thing that we project into the future. But 
like Dak has, we talked about Deshaun Watson was the number one quarterback in fantasy for eight games. Dak was the number one quarterback yeah. in fantasy for five or six Listen, games. I'm, I'm not saying I, I'm not saying I believe that. I, I'm saying you that's, think, that's right. I don't I think people I'm think, saying and, I don't and here's why. That. Got a new offensive coordinator. They, they don't have Kellen Moore anymore. They're going to slow down their pace. They have pretty, they might have one good wide receiver. Um, and, and then the other guy, like Daniel Jones. No, they have two. They might have three. Gallup might be better than Brandon Cooks right now. Okay. Based on what I don't know. I everything out of, says Cooks coming is out of Washington. Look, Rogers everything is, is saying that that Gallup is crushing it too. Right, I'm just explaining no. here. Rogers has been an MVP what three or four times. Geno Smith was better than Dak last year, and he got Jackson Smith and Jigba. And then but, Daniel Jones has this enticing rushing upside. That's a I find you know we don't really have to argue it. Do you take any of those guys ahead of Dak or Cousins? No. No, but okay. again, to your question earlier. It's not bad to take two of them. Yeah, the, the way I view it is I've got Tua, Richardson, Lawrence, Dak, and Watson in a tier, and then I've got Jones, Cousins, Rogers, and Gino. And I know there's a, like, I, I view Jones and Cousins and Rogers and Gino as that safe group, which is why I was pushing back. I wasn't necessarily arguing with you. I just, okay. I just view it differently. All right. Yeah, I don't know. It's jo- Jones, Cousins, Cousins is safe. And I wonder if, been, if he throws more touchdowns. I mean, he had a very low touchdown rate last year. Right. Can he throw 33 touchdowns? And then he, <clears> then you're talking about a real impact player. They had the third most pass attempts in the NFL. Is That's there any, the allure. Yep. Is there anybody, who, who else, you know, who at this point, from Dak and beyond, do you think can win you a league? Again, if you're if you're just going to say that he improves as a passer, what Daniel Jones does as a rusher, it's again, it's hard to replicate. So you have to buy into him still doing that, but throwing with a better success rate, mostly from a touchdown perspective. So you think Jones could be a league winner? Who else? I mean, obviously you think Richardson could be. Well, Richardson, again, the ADP versus what the expectation should be. I think this is a little ridiculous. So. Um, I'll, I'll say second half Kyler Murray. It's a great one. But but I think the thing with Geno and with Cousins is if they can get to that next level, Cousins from his touchdown perspective, Geno just overall, because I think he was good. And and you could even say maybe he's second half golf when Jameson yep. comes back. You know, that's another one that, you know, this offense looks yeah. like it could could be very explosive as a, from a passing perspective too. Um, but they just, you know, the, and this is why I think, Adam, you keep calling him safe. You, you know what the floor is. It's just, can they get to that next level from a ceiling perspective, right? Who do I call? Who, Cousins? We keep saying Cousins, Dak, you know, who's yeah. safe like those guys. I think Gino's safe. I think Goff is safe. You know, Daniel Jones is, is more volatile because if it goes the other way, then you're, you're a little bit worried about it. After last year and with a change of team and that new team's offensive line situation, is Rodgers safe? Because I put him in that tier, but I'm not really sure if he's like, that whole thing could be a dumpster fire. So worst offensive line he's probably had unless this group surprises us. And that's not really necessarily a knock on them. It's just the Packers always had a really good offensive line. But you may have, if they don't sign Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall's out, the run game might be suspect. We're asking a hell of a lot of Garrett Wilson, who, who by all means should be asked a lot of because he showed it last year. But then you're relying on all these guys that he brought with him from the Packers who are, you know, old or just not great. You know, Lazard and Cobb and, you know, the the – Whatever they think Michael Hartman is going to offer, they, yeah, it could go south quickly, sure. But I think I, that's why he's being he's being drafted and ranked appropriately, though. I think their season could go south, but I think Rogers' numbers could go north. 
because uh, no one wants to start Lazard or Hardman or Tyler Conklin in their fantasy leagues, but they will contribute and they will help out. And I, I push comes to shove. I, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to say, you got me here. I'm going to win you this game. And he'll throw more than he has in Green Bay. That's the interesting thing about his time in Green Bay. His attempts per game were pretty low. You'd expect yeah. him to be higher. And I wonder if if that run game really isn't popping for the Jets. I wonder if he touches 35 to 38 attempts per game. All right, we got to wrap this up. One other thing. I don't know that I ever mentioned this about Rodgers, but man, he had such an easy schedule last year. He faced the Lions, the Bears, and the Vikings twice. He faced the Dolphins when their secondary was banged up. He faced the Titans, I believe. He had such an easy schedule, and he wasn't even a top 20 quarterback per game. Um, If he had this receiving core last year, uh, he would have been. All right, so... Uh, okay, other quarterbacks we haven't talked about: Brock Purdy, Kenny Pickett, Derek Carr. We didn't the really rookies. we didn't really talk about Russell Wilson. Um, I don't know if anybody thinks he's going to bounce back. Wor- he, worth a, he will worth be better. Fire. Yeah, but again, hard to expect bounce back to prime Russell Wilson. So who else? Um, yeah, the rookies. Atlanta. Jordan Love, Washington. Jordan Love, yeah, Jordan Love. People like Jordan him. Love is interesting. It's a it's a pretty good. It's a young receiving core, but it it's got some upside. Love can run a little bit as well. It's just a matter of how much will they try and stay in games by running the football, and how much of their offense is going to be RPOs where they won't ask Jordan Love to throw eleven plus yards down the field. All right, think- you got what could be a surprise in Sam Howell if his rushing numbers in college translate to the NFL. And look, he handled himself well for one game. Uh, Purdy and the rookies, I think, are, are are interesting. You know, just because the offense that that Purdy has, and and the rookies, you know, just the unknown commodities there. Uh, but I, I think two two other veterans that are that are interesting. One we talked about a little bit in Tannehill, just because you know the addition of Hopkins gives him what he had in 2021 when he had his best season. You know, at least if Hopkins is right, you know, with the combination of of at that point AJ Brown, Corey Davis at this point you know, Hopkins and, and Traylon Burks. But does Stafford have bounce back appeal? You know, I, I know it's hard to think that because his age, the team thinks, seems like it's going to be bad. Cooper Cup's obviously banged up right now. But if he plays a full season and Cup plays a full season, Could he'll be probably okay. be in, in, in the top 12 conversation. You know, n- not necessarily you want to count on that going into the year by any stretch. But, you know, the, the, this is one of those guys that, oh, okay, I'll pick him up week three, week four because – Richardson struggling or two unfortunately got hurt or one of those scenarios and okay I'll start him next week I'll start him next week I'll start you know and just you just you, you ride him for as long as you can especially if their defense is terrible which it might it might be yep all right well that's a that's a pretty thorough quarterback preview I want to thank you guys uh, good stuff and we will have tight ends tomorrow yeah we have to yeah no I actually love tight end I think it's I think it's my favorite position. A lot of strategy, believe it or not. And we'll talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today. Enjoy football tonight, everybody. See ya.